Got it, got it! They're not stopping. Go on, go on! They're going to avoid them! Ram Go on! Those people don't care. So whether it's the system we set up when they're young to, you know, coach them better, give them more infrastructure, give them better things to do, if that's part of it. But some people are just gobshites, no matter what you give them. And they just need a slap. Or they just need to be kind of squared away. And that's what you need to do, I think, with those. If it goes to that level where someone's ramming a guard of care, then they don't deserve any respect. Like Now, if you're a fan of RTE1's Hell Week series, you'll be very familiar with Ray Goggins, a former Irish Army Ranger, basically our version of the SAS or Navy SEALs, now chief instructor on this incredibly popular RTE TV series. He joined me for a fascinating chat a couple of episodes ago, and I do urge you to listen back to that chat because he has some great stories, and he's a great presence about him as well, does Ray. And we chopped out a part of that conversation and held it back for this special bonus episode because that shocking video of the repeated ramming of a guard of the car in Cherry Orchard got me thinking. And I was very interested in what Ray thought about it, uh, given his background. He had some pretty strong views, which you're about to hear. But I also asked him, funnily enough, we got onto the subject of war movies. I mean, Ray has been in a lot of theatres of operations and I kind of wondered, had he ever seen stuff on film or TV that really resonated with him from, from the point of view of a person who was actually there. Uh, and if any of them, you know, capture the reality of what happens on the ground in a conflict. I'm a big fan of movies, um, you know, war movies and, you know, Vietnam stuff. I love Full Metal Jacket and Platoon and probably my favourite is Saving Private Ryan, but all the way back to Paths of Glory by Stanley Kubrick as well. Um, massive fan of these kind of movies and the, especially ones that reflect the futility of war. Um, so I was dying to hear what Ray had to say about them. Do you know what? I want to change the subject completely course, for a yeah. second. And it just occurred to me because of just madness, chaos, and you're in a chaotic situation and and stuff like that. And and I was like everybody in the last couple of days, just in the last 24 hours, actually, has been talking about what was happened up, happening up in Cherry Orchard. Yes, yes, yes. With, you've seen the, seen the video? I have. These lunatics driving, ramming guard the cars. And... Look, this is only childish of me to say it. The first person I just thought of a minute ago was send four Ray Goggins up there, exuding confidence, breathing, looking, you know, uh, always looking good. And those yeah, fuckballs yeah. won't yeah. be fucking crashing cars anymore. Yeah. Um, speak your way around that one. I mean... I, I don't know, is it that simple? Don't get me wrong. I know, like, I know I'd, it's not I'd that I'd be simple. an advocate of that. And like, you know, obviously look, our, our legal system and punishment for these people is like, is minimal. It's ridiculous. Like, you know, there's, there's people probably up in that group of, with those, in those cars of like 50, a hundred charges and convict, whatever. I don't know. Like, so how do you fix it? Like with the guards, you have to give the guards more power to do something. Like they can't, you can't have unarmed guardy driving into situations like that where their life is in danger without some sort of support. Just two John guards go up and sort that out there, lads. You can't, you saw it. Like those people don't care. So whether it's the system we set up when they're young to, you know, coach them better, give them more infrastructure, give them better things to do, if that's part of it. But some people are just gobshites, no matter what you give them. And they just need a slap or they just need to be kind of squared away. And that's what you need to do, I think, with those. If it goes to that level where someone's ramming a guard of care, then 
they don't deserve any respect. Like yeah, there seems to be a breakdown. There seems to be a kind of an anarchy vibe going on there. And the, the, even you can know, you can't read body language in a car. No. But the language I was reading was, we don't care if we're caught. Well, that's what I'm we saying. We don't care about anything. But you see, when you get to that stage where someone has no respect or mm. fear for law or the repercussion of doing that. Like, yeah. Jeez, I remember being a kid. Like, I grew up in Fairhill and in, in the north side of Cork. And like, look, I was no angel and you'd be getting up to whatever you're getting up to. And if a guard came after you, you might get a clatter off him or you get kicking haul off a guard. You'd be afraid of your life. And if the guards went to my house, my mother would bait me for about a week. So you'd be afraid of your life of doing it. Like, mm. you know? Different, but, different point. Different time. But look, I, I know a lot of these... You, you know, young guys and girls, whatever, come from different backgrounds, and it's hard. Well, you come from, you're coming from a good, yeah, look. but hang on, you're coming from a good place to maybe even opine on this, give mm. an opinion on it. Mm. I mean, you know, I read there's a really interesting book with it's by a guy called Jonathan Haidt, H A A H A I D T. You might get to it sometime. Mm. It was called The Coddling of the American Mind, and it's about the last 30, 40 years in America, um, of where children basically have been mollycoddled out of their mind. Um, they've been helicopter parented. They've been protected. Uh, they've been put, put, given primacy all the time. You're the best, Johnny. Johnny can never be wrong. Um, Johnny wants, why didn't Johnny get the gold medal in the, in the, in the race? Everybody gets the gold medal, you know? Yeah. Um, the, the teacher is wrong. Mm. Parents are wandering into the teacher going, how dare you? What are you teaching? No, no, no. In other words, back in our day, Ray, the teacher was right. You took orders from the, now the teacher's wrong. Hmm. Um, and I'm wondering, is this contributing to yeah, this look, kind of, yeah, almost a kind of an, a slight lawlessness entitlement? It, it, I, I, I do I, what I want when I want it. Yeah, look, I get that too. Like, and look, as a father of, of a teenage boy and a, about to be teenage daughter and so on and so forth, like, like it's, and I know a lot of these people like have different backgrounds and, you know, there's different kind of, kind of aspects of their lives. I'm not trying to make, simplify, but like you mentioned there with law and order and society, it's very simple, like a certain amount of discipline, a certain amount of respect, that's all you need. And that's, you need that to go forward for anything you do in your life, whether, whatever your job is, whatever your life is. And like, I, I'm not just saying that because I spent my career in the military and it's all about, oh, you have to be perfect at this and this has to be a straight line and polish this. But it's at the smallest level. If you have respect for somebody else or your community or people around you, you're not going to do that. Like, if you have a sm enough discipline that you can control yourself, that you're not doing this fucking mad shit, Rob, like ramming Garda cars because you think you're great. Because they're doing that because they haven't been disciplined. They don't have the respect for what's going on because there's no repercussion. Like they'll be cuddled. Oh, he needs a counselor. He needs this. He needs that. He needs a kick in the hole hmm. and whatever needs to happen to him like to fix it because some people- That's a stick. It's a stick. What like, about the carrot? Carrot is- What about showing guys another yeah. way? But you need, you, you, you can the, be the captain of the football team. You kick in the hole we'll make first. more football teams. Yeah. That, you know. No, I agree. You kick in the hole first, right? And that's the first process. It doesn't end at that. Then you start educating. You have to show someone then, okay, I kicked you in the hole there because of this, this, yeah. this. But now this is what you need to learn to go forward or whatever they try and do. Look, I'm no like psychologist. I'm no advocate of like either rough discipline or not or yeah. hugging or not. I, I don't really care. I do my own thing for my family. I don't impose that on anybody else. Mm -hmm. But I think in general, when that's going on, at that's and that that's not the first time that happened like you know it's not the first time that happened and i'm not just saying here in dublin it's the same in where i'm from in cork and parts of limerick and mm. the bigger towns and cities it happens because it's not been managed like people are just allowed to do what they fucking want because 
all it is now is about like how many likes you get on your phone looking like a Kardashian getting your Botox done or whatever the f- people do like you know simple uh, basic stuff isn't done anymore I, uh, I think yeah, Jeez, well, that, that was a rant wasn't it no not at all no no, no. D- d- you just brought up something that just reminded me of something I said to somebody else and that was I was coming out of the, the Olympia Theatre recently after doing a show and I was finishing the tour and it was half eleven and I went for one drink and I stood on Dame Street and for the first time ever in my life I felt a little bit um, unsafe on mm. Dame Street just standing outside the theatre at 11 or 30 at night I just felt unsafe and I wouldn't normally feel unsafe and I just did and there was something not about the sixth sense that you had but there was guys whizzing by me on kind of bikes not even using their hands to ride bike they were kind of out of it a bit mm. there was guys brushing shoulders at me just walking by and it was in my mind that I just heard of a lot of attacks attacks recently of people random attacks doing it just for the phone so they film it they film a random attack to show it yeah. on online so if they don't, they, they, they want nothing from you. They, they're not trying to, they have nothing against you personally. They're just. You're just a target. You're a target for, yeah. for a convenience. Performance, your performance art. This might get thousand likes, likes or whatever. But you're, you're right. Like, and so that's you're right. I think like, you know, as, as a race of people, whatever human nature, like we've become voyeurs now of everything going on. So people don't actually do stuff about things anymore. Like, you know, they, they just step over people. They don't help people like. I was walking out of a building recently, just the other day there and this lady in front of me had a, her lunch in a brown bag and the arse fell out of the bag and all her kit went everywhere. So like I stopped, t- there was two guys in front of me walked straight past her, stepped over her stuff as she's trying to recover it and I just stopped and gave her a hand. Now, I'm not saying I'm great but like that's what's wrong like and that small level of doing the right thing at the right time build, builds up to doing that Excel then or that kind of higher level of those ge- guys ramming the guard care. So it starts with simple steps and building it up. Like, mm. doesn't mean you have to be like Mister Perfect in this society, but like if, if you have a basic idea of of this and doing the right thing, then mm. it helps. Like, if I wanted to watch, because I love um, Vietnam movies, yeah, me too, um, for the right reasons. Yeah. I mean, more from a political uh, point of view, I, I, I'm fascinated by the period and, and yeah. by that struggle. Oh, and it was only in the kind of it was only it, it was it was in the late seventies that the the filmmakers in the United States obviously felt the freedom to start making movies about this, mm. and then into the eighties and stuff, and you know great movies about Vietnam. But about any war movie that you've seen, which one kind of you've got you've looked at it and you've gone, yeah, that reminds me of conflict. That that person has captured it, or yeah, just that that sense of. That sense of privation or misery, that person, filmmaker, has captured it. Or, you know, is there anyone that's, is there anyone or a couple that it might have stuck out in your mind? Yeah, there's probably a couple of, like, if you're, if you're thinking of the tactics of it and the reality of the sounds and effects and so yeah. on and so forth. Like, I suppose the opening scene for Saving Private Ryan, you'd have to say because, obviously, because it's filmed in Ireland. Did you hear sounds in that that would have registered with you? Yeah, like the impact, like the first thing you're shot at is kind of disconcerting. It happened for me in Lebanon. As a young soldier, I was 19 on my first tour and uh, I was on a checkpoint in the village and it was a 50 caliber submachine gun, which is like, you know, it's a pretty big bullet. So it's not the fact that it's, it, when it comes near you, there's two sounds you'll hear. You'll hear a crack first and then you hear a bang. Mm. So there's actually two sounds. You know, like in the movies, it's like, mm. it doesn't fucking ever sound like that. Mm. So it's a crack and a bang when it's close to you. So it's the round coming close because it's a big bullet, like a 50 cal. And then when you get a number of them together, it's even, you know, you're going, what the fuck? Like, but then, you know, it's like everything else. You accept it, you're aware of it. Mm. And you, you, okay, I can still be effective here. I can still do what I'm doing. Cause all the lads are looking at you and they'll start laughing at you if you mm. start crying. So that's, that's what you do. Um, and 
for movies then I suppose for me the, sorry the, plati- the, um, the Saving Private Ryan yeah that, that initial that was part it. I remember going because as a child and as a, as a youngster growing up you see people being shot in film and TV and you go when a fella's in the water you go he has more chance of surviving because oh I don't know for a number of reasons well the guy can't see him underwater so he might miss <laughs> and second of all when he's underwater the water will blunt the shot a little bit but in Saving Private Ryan you actually Spielberg knows you're thinking that yeah, and he shoots underwater, and you see the bullets going underwater and killing people underwater. Mm. So you see the bullet entry of people who are underwater. Oh, and the, you see yeah, the, the bullet the going. Yeah. yeah, yeah, which was it's very clever. No, it's, it's, look, it's well done, and it's prop. Like there's other movies the same. Like and like you know, even people say to me, "Oh, do you know when you're watching movies now? Do you you be saying to yourself like, oh, that can't happen. Oh, that's bullshit.' No, I don't. When I go to watch a movie, I enjoy movies, mm. and I'm not going, oh, you could never do that, or you never do this. Mm. Like, I enjoy them. And you were saying about Vietnam there. Again, I'm a big advocate of Vietnam too, growing up watching the movies. And one of my favorite scenes um, is from Apocalypse Now. You know, obviously, right. like, Charlie Don't Surf, you know, that, that helicopter attack on that the village. Right the you know? Yeah, which is, exactly. And it's, it's a tune I actually used in Hell Week as well when we're yeah. kind of waking up some of the students. But I remember when I deployed to East Timor, that jungle operation, the New Zealand Air Force were our, our, our air element and they flew um, UEs. So Vietnam era UEs. So the first kind of operation I went on where I got picked up by a UE, I could hear it coming up the valley. You know, that wop wop sound of it coming yeah. up to pick us up. So it comes in, it flares and it lands, right? And you run out to the helicopter. There's no doors on it. You just sit on it then. Off it goes. Your feet are hanging over the jungle canopy. And in my head, I'm in that film, you know, flying along for that, like, whatever time, you know. So it was kind of, for me, I wrote about it in a book about, like, it was like an arrival moment. You know, you have these things in my career that stick in you, stick in your head and go, yeah, this is deadly. This is great. That was one of those moments because because... You know, I read a lot about Vietnam, like growing up in the 70s, 80s, like yourself. And it was very, it had a big impact on me. Thanks a million, Ray. Delighted. My thanks again to Ray Goggins for joining me. Make sure to jump back a couple of inches on the series feed and click play on my full conversation with Ray if you hadn't heard it already. Subscribe to my podcast, follow follow the podcast. And if you do one thing for me, just tell a friend about my podcast. Send me an email, mariorosenstock at gmail.com. See you soon.